Well, I want to tell you a story this morning, and uh, <clears throat> there is, uh, I want you to imagine there is a, a, let me get back to my place here, that there's a kingdom somewhere, and there's a king, and this is the a good king. He's such a good and kind and loving king, and, and, uh, and all the people who love him and serve him, they're just blessed and taken care of. But in this kingdom, there is a rebel group. They hate the king. And they hate all of his commandments. They hate, they hate everything about him. And they just constantly try to do everything they can to oppose his rule. But the problem is they all live in squalor. They all live in poverty and they all live in, in filth. And they're just... Uh, they're miserable, miserable people. And even though among themselves, they don't even know how miserable they are because everybody they know lives that way. So they think, well, this is the way everybody lives. And, uh, and in this uh, group of rebels, there is uh, a, a young girl. And uh, she has spent all of her life, she's 16, 17 years old, she's spent all of her life uh, hating the king rebelling against the king because that's all she's ever heard is that the king is bad. We want to fight against the king. And so one day she gets captured and she is actually because she has been a, a rebel and an anarchist, she is uh, uh, sentenced to death, execution for her rebellious activities. And uh, into the prison, there comes the king himself. And he comes to her cell, and he calls her by name. And he said, uh, I've known you all your life. And in fact, I've, I've loved you all your life. And I've loved all your people. But they reject my love. But he said, I have set my heart, my affection on you. And I want you to come and be my daughter. I'm actually taking you out of this prison. I'm actually paying your debt. And I am bringing you to live in the palace as a daughter of the king. And uh, she's, at first, she, she can hardly even look at him. She's well, about I thought you were bad. He said, no, no, I'm not bad. He said, in fact, I'm so good. And I love all your people, but they hate me. And uh, she said, I, I'm just, I don't know how to react to this. And he says, well, just receive it. Just here. Here's a, a document of adoption. You just sign it and you move into the palace with me today. So she, she signs it. And she's all dressed in rags and she's filthy and smelly and she's just lived all of her life just eating crumbs and just anything that she could gather up out of the garbage cans and slept on the floor most of the time or out in the street or out uh, in the yard. And So he brings her into the palace and he takes her to a room and he said, this is, this is your room beautiful bed and he opens up a closet he said here here are your clothes all beautiful royal clothes 
He says, we have three sumptuous meals a day, and you come and eat with us. You will always sit at, our, at my table. You're my daughter. Everything I own, you can lay claim to. And so nighttime comes. I mean, she's, they've taken her, and they've bathed her, and they've perfumed her, and they've uh, dressed her. That night, though, at supper, she doesn't come down for supper. And the king says, uh, where is she? And they said, well, we saw her out back kind of digging through the garbage can, looking for something to eat. He says, what? I told her, the evening meal, we're having the best of everything. And said, well, she was still... She actually had taken off those pretty clothes you gave her, and she's put her old rags back on. And she's, uh, she's out there under a bridge laying down to sleep for the night. And the king goes out to her and says, what, what are you doing? She said, oh, I, this, this, is, this is who I am. He says, no, 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 no. It's not who you are. This is who you were. Who you are now, you're a daughter of the king. You're an, a princess in the realm. Everything I have is yours. That room is yours. That bed is yours. You don't have to sleep on the ground. Sleep in the bed. And no more eating out of the trash cans. <laughs> you come, you eat out of a golden plate. You... You eat with the finest of utensils, and you have the finest food. And don't wear those little dirty rags. You dress like a princess, not like a beggar. And it's so hard for her to adjust to that. Isn't that a silly story? You think, surely nobody would be so foolish as to be a child of the king and yet live like a beggar on the street. Well, I want to tell you, there are some people, maybe some of us from time to time, that practice that same kind of foolish thing. I want to talk to you today about being who you are. Be who you are. Practice your position. Practice what you have and who you are. Because as Christians, many times, we don't realize what we have. We don't realize who we are in Christ. You just go through the Bible and read about all the different places, especially the Ephesians and Colossians, places like that, where he talks about who we are in Christ and what we have in Him and realize that really is true. That's not just Bible verses. That's not just nice sayings. That's not just sweet sentiments. Those are radical facts that say that we died to our old way of life with Christ on the cross. We have been crucified with Christ and risen with Christ. 
So we now have resurrection life in us, eternal life in us. Eternal life is not something we're going to get out there in heaven when we die. Eternal life is what we got the very moment that we received Christ. And he gave to us eternal life, divine rights as a son and daughter of the king of kings. And so knowing that, we should practice that. And I want to, uh, I promised I was going to be brief this morning. And I've already my invitations, I mean my uh, introductions taking longer than I meant for my message to. But I want you to read a passage with me today in uh, Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to read all 17 verses. I'm going to make some brief comments about it. But I want you to keep that story in mind as we read this. I want you to keep this idea in mind. Be who you are. Put into practice. Dress the part. Lay aside your old filthy rags and put on the royal garb of a son or daughter of the king. So let's read this passage in Colossians chapter 3 beginning with verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ. And by the way, I'll show off my Greek a little bit here. There's uh, In the Greek language, there are conditional sentences. Some of the conditional sentences mean like if, but of course this is not true. But there is a conditional sentence that means absolutely this is a statement of fact. It's a, it's a second-class conditional sentence that means there is no doubt this is absolutely true. And that's the kind of sentence that's used here. And I don't know if that means a lot to you, but it just absolutely overwhelms me to know that God is saying here, you could even say since instead of if. Since you were raised with Christ. You realize what that means. You were raised with Christ. We are uh, resurrected saints. Not just, not just sinners given some benefits. We are sons and daughters who have been raised to new life with Jesus. And every time you see somebody baptized... It is a picture of what has happened to you as a Christian. You, were, you died with Christ. You were buried with Christ. And then when I lift you up out of the water, it's a picture of the fact I have been raised to new life with Christ. So if or since you were raised with Christ, seek those things, that is, Make the focus of your life those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. By the way, we're also told in the book of Romans that we also are seated with Christ in heavenly place. I mean in Ephesians. All right, so set your mind 
on things above. Because you are a child of the king, because you are now a citizen of the heavenly realm, think in that realm, not on the earthly things. Live your life with the with eternity in view, uh, one of my favorite ministries is Randy Alcorn's ministry called Eternal Perspective Ministry. And he says the problem with most of us as Christians is that we're living as if nothing has happened to us. We're living as if here and now is what everything's about. But the truth is we have eternity We have eternal life, which means we are citizens of the heavenly realm. So he said, let your focus be there. Live in the palace, not out in the gutter. Set your affection, set your uh, mind on things above because you've died. (laughs) You say, well, I don't feel like I've died. Well, well, you have died. If you're a Christian, that's what being a Christian means is that you have been transferred out of the old kingdom into a new realm, a new kingdom, and you died to that old kingdom. And your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That is, where are you right now? You say, well, I'm, I'm at Bear Creek Baptist Church. Physically, you are. But where are you spiritually? You are seated with Christ in the palace, in the heavenly realm. So live your life, practice, put into practice eternal perspective living because you, you died. Your, Christ, your life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears, you will appear with him in glory. It's a mystery. I understand. I realize that. It's a, it's a mystery to know that when Jesus comes back, I'm coming back with him. Say, so, yeah, but what if you're already, what if I, you're still here when he comes back? I'm still coming back with him because that's where my real life is, is hidden with Christ in God. Does that make sense? I mean, some of you are looking kind of like, well, I'm trying to figure that out, you know. Well, it is. The Bible talks about uh, unsearchable things and things that are mysteries, things that are greater than our little peanut brains can comprehend. But just because I can't figure it out or explain it doesn't mean it's not true. And the fact is, it is true. And therefore, I am to live as if it's true. And then the next verse is uh, uh, verse 5. Therefore, put to death. You say, well, I thought I, I died. Yeah, you have already died and been resurrected. But now there are things in your life that you are told to put to death. That is to bring the cross to bear on those things just in the same way that the cross was brought to bear on you. And so here's what he said, put to death those things that are on the earth. These are the earthly things. These are the the stuff we're not supposed to be focused on. Put these things to death. Fornication, that's sexual sin, Uh, uncleanness, 
uh, passion, that is uh, evil passion, passion for things that are sinful, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Said, These things don't belong in our life. These, this is the garbage can food. Stop eating that stuff, he said. Lay that aside. This is the this this is the rag. These are the rags you used to be dressed in. And because of these things, God's wrath is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Those who live out there in rebel land, they will one day experience the wrath of the king. But that's not you. You've been brought out of that realm into this realm in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. said, that used to be the way you lived. I mean, there was a time you loved all that dirty stuff. There was a time you loved all the, the rebel stuff. You thought that's all there was. But that's not who you are now. And verse 8 says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. And then he gives some other things to lay aside. These also belong to the old realm. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, dirty talk. There's a way the world talks. I was talking to a young man this week that is a policeman. And he said, you know, I've been brought up in church all my life. He said, I, I hadn't been out in the world a whole lot. And he said, uh, man, folks out there just talk filthy. It's just a filthy. He said, there's just certain words that are in every sentence, dirty, filthy words in every sentence. Our daughter who lives in New York City told us the same thing several years ago. She said, you know, I've just feel like every night I'd go home and wash my ears out and wash my mouth out and wash my heart out and everything. said, it's just all I hear is just filth, 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 filth. Well, that's the way you used to be, he says. But you're not that way anymore. You have a clean heart now. So therefore, let it be reflected by a clean mouth. And so he said, lay aside anger and wrath and malice and all these filthy communication out of your mouth. And then in verse 9, he says, and do, don't, don't lie to one another. Since, look here, since, why, why, why not do these things? Because you have put off the old man. You took off those old dirty rags. You don't, that's not who you are anymore. You have put off the old man with his deeds. And then he says in verse 11, uh, you have now put on the new man. You've changed clothes. You laid aside all those dirty, filthy rags. That's not, that's not your dress anymore. And you have put on royal robes. And you've been re- you put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. You've put on Jesus. He is, is in you, but he also you also wear him. People are to see when they meet us, they are to see the attitudes, the words, the, the, the spirit, 
the joy, the comfort, the love of Christ. And then verse 11, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. He says, you know, in this realm, in this kingdom, in this church, in the church of Jesus, there are no racial distinctions. There are no social distinctions. There are no uh, uh, economic distinctions because we're all children of the king. I was just thinking the other day, you know, I don't know. I, I, I know all of you, you know, by name, but I don't know much about, you know, where you work or what you do. I certainly don't know how much money you have. I don't know about your social status. You know what I know about every one of the members here at Bear Creek Baptist Church is that we love one another, that we're members of this body. And, and that's really enough because he says in Christ there's, there are no distinctions. One of, the, one of the first things that we fell in love with Bear Creek Baptist Church was that when we came here, we saw that there was such diversity in the fellowship and that people of, uh, 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 who know Jesus, they don't even notice any other distinction, age, you know, we, I don't think of anybody being old or young. I think of us as being brothers and sisters. I don't think of red and yellow, black and white. I just think we're all precious in each other's sight. And I love that. I love that about this church. I'd love to see even reach even more and more. And uh, so in Christ, he's saying that there are no none of those distinctions. We're all one in Christ. Therefore, he says in the next verse, therefore, as the elect of God, that is the chosen of God, the one who was living out on the street, slated for execution, and God stepped in and said, I choose you to be mine. That's amazing, isn't it? As God's chosen holy and beloved. Are you holy? You say, well, I'm too humble to admit it. No, you are holy. If God has saved you and cleansed you and made you his because he's the holy God, you are his holy child. You are holy and beloved. Here he says, now, now put on, this is what I would say the well-dressed Christian wears in 2017. Everybody wanting to know, you know, let's look and see what's, what's the, what does the well-dressed person wear? Well, here's what the well-dressed Christian wears this year. Put on tender mercies. That is being merciful to other people and kindness and humility and meekness, long-suffering and 
bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Because even among God's children, sometimes people do things that they ought not to do. And so he says, when that happens, you, you forgive them. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. That's, that's the way we live in, this, in the kingdom realm. It's not dog eat dog. It's not power plays. It's not uh, manipulation. It's not uh, 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 suspicion, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a bond of love. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. That's, that ties it all together. When you genuinely love one another, these things are easy to do. But how do we get that kind of love? Well, we get that love because we have received that kind of love. Can you imagine the girl living in the palace and she looks out on one of her friends, her former friends, and they're still living in squalor and filth and stealing out of the trash can. What kind of attitude would she have toward them? She wouldn't say, you filthy urchin, get out of here. No, she'd say, that's, that's what I was. I would love to see her brought into the palace as well. And the king says, hey, I've got so many rooms here in this palace. I have room for everybody that will come. And the girl would not be arrogant. She would not go out and strut and be prideful. She would humbly say, I didn't deserve this, but I've been loved with such a great love. I love others with the same love. And she would love the others who had been brought into the palace with the same love. And she would say, all I want is to so honor my king because I love him. And I want to dress with the robes he provides. And I don't want to keep running back to my old rags. And wouldn't it be awful if from time to time she just kept forgetting who she was? She kept saying, oh, no, I I have to remind myself, I'm a princess. I'm not a street person any longer. I'm not uh, a, a beggar. I'm a, I'm a princess. And that's what he's telling us here in this passage. Remind yourself continually. Not what you ought to do. In other words, it's not about rules. It's about love. And remind yourself, I am loved. I am forgiven. I am accepted. I am beloved. And then live out what he has loved in. 
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for all these letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to Christians, many of them who had been saved out of uh, a background of slavery and were still slaves. And many of them who lived in abject poverty, many of them who lived under the fearful domination of the tyrannical Roman government, and how many times they must have felt so inadequate, insufficient. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit inspired him to write letters to those dispossessed people to remind them that what they see on this earth does not in any way define who they really are, but that their heart, their life is hidden with Christ in God and that they are to seek those things that are above, set their affection on those eternal things. And Father, we don't live in the kind of poverty and tyranny that they did. And yet we face the same struggle. And I pray that you will call us on this first day of the year to know who we are in Christ. To know that we are royal children. Sons and daughters of the King. And that we have provided for us everything we could possibly need for life and for godliness and that we will lay aside all of the worldly attire and dress ourselves in godliness and humility. And I pray it in Jesus' name. you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.